0: Women who rock. Women who rock. Women rock. Women who rock. Women who rock. Women who rock.
1: Women who
2: rock. Women who rock. This is Women Who Rock, a podcast promoting female musicians and artists. I don't have a guest today. Today, I thought that we could go and have a little bit of a look back through a theme that has run throughout some of the past 18 episodes. After doing a couple episodes of this podcast, one of my housemates suggested that I include a segment at the end to kind of tie everything together. And the segment that I came up with in a couple of minutes is called Tell Me a Thing, where I asked the guests of each show to tell me something about one of the following seven topics. So I threw the topics of politics, Patti Smith, recording equipment, musical equipment, poetry, death, and punk rock. I gave that to the guests, and I didn't really know at the time... But it's been really interesting to see how diverse some of the responses have been. So, today we are going to explore some of the really interesting places that these conversations have gone, which has been held together with the thread of these topics. We're going to start with the chat that I had with Zoe and Tess from Sydney band The Boys. We're going to go with death.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I'm, both of us want to go with death.
2: Okay. You can share the topic, that's
3: fine. <laughs> no. Do you want to go first? Or yeah.
1: Go first? So uh, a fact that a lot of people would not know about me is I work in a mortuary with death all the time. Wow. Yeah.
2: What happens on a day-to-day basis when you work in a mortuary?
1: Well, so I, I travel to the mortuary on an encore basis, so I'm not there all the time. Um, so it's actually in relation to like organ and tissue donation. So um, my day to day work is usually uh, in the office, and then if I get called onto the site on the morgue, is when we do a retrieval. We call them.
2: That's <laughs> a euphemism for removing an organ exactly. from a dead body. Yeah. A
1: retrieval. It's a nicer word. Yeah.
2: Okay, and you do that all the time.
1: Yeah, it's busy. Wow. Very busy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you study to work? End up working in a mortuary.
1: Um, You just need to study science. Okay. Yeah. That's that's it. I mean, I barely even did anatomy at uni. I did a little bit and they hired me. Thanks, guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> study, but how do you get into that career path?
1: Dude, it was so random. So I used to work in like biochemistry and when I, I traveled like quit my job to travel, came back and uh, there were just no jobs anywhere in biochem um, and that's what I liked to do. And then I saw like the ad title was just tissue retrieval technician and I was like oh sounds interesting and I read the little blurb and I was like cool <laughs> ocular tissue musculoskeletal and I was like oh like I'm just gonna apply and there's no way they'll give it to me and yeah it just happened
2: it takes a special kind of person to read that job at 30 <laughs> 30 <years. laughs> and for the first word for them to think of is cool
1: seriously <laughs> and we're all like that in the office they really you'd really have to be a particular
2: type of person to work that job. I'm glad that you exist and that people <laughs> like that exist, because that is not my first reaction to. Do you want to do the tissue removal, or whatever? <laughs> cool. That's very. <laughs> I'm yeah. You. I did not know that. So, <laughs> Zoe the mortuary. <laughs> From one story about death to another. Tess, can you also tell me a thing?
3: Yeah. So I had. Um a interesting experience a couple of weeks ago where um, I was by my grandmother's side as she died in hospital and she died and you know it shows on the computer that her heart stopped beating and her breathing has stopped and the nurse came in and she said you should you can still talk to her because people can actually hear you for half an hour after they you know technically die and as a scientist as well my first thought was well i'm going to fact check that how do you know it <laughs> <laughs> but we would i was talking about it with zoe and it seems to be true i think they they measure um uh, like you know different things that are going on in your brain i'm not sure if even though there's still chemical things going on just because sound might be going in doesn't necessarily mean that someone is processing it but mm. it's nice to think that anyway yeah well, the, top, the, the kind of conversation that we
1: got onto earlier was um, how kind of the concept of the afterlife and death and what I was kind of maybe hypothesizing is that um, you have increased brain activity in your prefrontal cortex in the front of your brain, which is responsible for processing. But you also release heaps of hormones and chemicals and it's proven that DMT, which to most people is a recreational drug, actually naturally occurs in the brain. And you have a massive spike of it during death, which can lead people to think that they've seen the afterlife. Um, but it also kind of elongates the experience of death, which is why people say life flashes before your eyes. So uh, that's an interesting one.
2: Elongating time. Yeah.
1: Is that a weird sentence? Elongating
2: time. <laughs> no, that's it's a very interesting <laughs> sentence. Yeah. So yeah. it seems as though it's quicker or slower.
1: Slower. So, I mean, because your heart... Your heart stops, your breathing stops, and brain activity should cease, what, within half an hour?
4: Mm-hmm. And um,
1: But you're not really processing or thinking of anything for that long. So you, you're possibly only having the ability to process information for a couple of seconds to a couple of minutes, but you might actually feel like you've just had a trip to heaven met God, sat down, had a cup of coffee, talked about the terms and agreements of getting in. He Mm. was like, oh, mate, sorry, (laughs) no. (laughs) Um, You did this in your 20s and um, look, that was just unforgivable. Uncalled (laughs) for. And then you get shocked and you're back and you feel like you've been gone for a while, but
3: you've really been out for like 30 seconds.
2: I can't believe God gave me instant coffee.
3: Yeah. <laughs> right. Surely in heaven they've got better stuff. Or what's that? What's Like an espresso? Like the n- thing with cafe the pods? or something. Oh, I
2: am the George Clooney one.
0: C-Clooney.
3: Yeah. Oh, they've got to have. It should a- be George Clooney giving you a coffee in heaven. No, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so they've got to have one of those good coffee machines and like some maybe bonsai. And like a really cute person making Lots it. Lots of chocolate on top of the cappuccino. Yeah. She loves, <laughs> Tess loves piling it on. Yeah. <laughs>
2: That's a version of heaven that I can get behind. Oh, yeah, totally. To <laughs> we may almost have to rename this episode Women Who Science. Yeah, true. Because that was great. That was a very actually informative discussion. We love it. Yeah. It's
0: so killer, we're alive. Wrists, unsrangle your vocal cords and hope for more. Hope for more. Your identity forged for malice. You challenge your chalices, that swallow tablets or sniff and hope for magic. Down in an abyss, insist on just one more. Drown yourself in bliss. While he licks your open soul. I'm gonna go with poetry. So get fixed. Keep the Some things about out. that. And the thing is. Damn it, I wish I had the actual fact. For this, uh, like the actual dates and times, but so you know how people do their like rap battles. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Back in like a long time ago, this is what I'm saying. Where I wish I had the proper timescape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad at history. They had something called poetry wars in like the Arabic countries. Maybe mm-hmm. it was like Turkey or something like that. Before it was Turkey, like that kind of area where they would. Uh, <laughs> so it was like a poetry battle essentially where they would fight over land so like two men would stand like facing each other and they would recite poetry at each other and then the crowd would get to decide who won the land based on like whose poems they liked better wow yeah
2: that's like a very Old version of a rap battle.
0: A rap battle, but, and you get some land. And you
2: get land. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, before money and things. like.
2: <laughs> so instead of violence, you use carefully constructed <laughs> sentences. Yeah. That's amazing. So
0: beautiful. So beautiful. I
2: can't be the only one hearing this story who thinks maybe we should do that again still. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just for resolving any kind of conflict. It doesn't necessarily have to relate to the transfer of land and yeah. or properties.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just think
2: it's a great way of resolving conflicts.
0: Just read poems at each other. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's kind of what like modern day. So I saw a meme. Let's end it with a meme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a meme that was like, um, rap battles are just two grown men sitting in separate rooms writing poetry about each other. <laughs> Which I love.
2: Which, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I guess that's true. Yeah. That's thanks to our historical roots. (laughs)
0: It's in our DNA.
4: Hot and heavy was the night. A resolution for the daylight. But darkness never seemed to sleep. Tiny cities beneath these
5: woodland streets And I'm not taking chances to get these ounces tonight Twilight
4: home but I'm choosing the poetry I, uh, subject. Thank you. So when I was in primary school, I was a part of this thing called the Norval Quills, which was my primary school it was called Norval and basically it was like just this like poetry writing short story writing club and they used to run like heaps of short story competitions and everything and i of course submitted a number of stories to those competitions and i did win so oh, i used nice. to be and then i used to be like the head of the novel quills so the poetry and short story writing group at primary school so i was definitely the coolest kid in year seven the
2: coolest 10 year old <laughs> yeah running around yes
4: yeah. <laughs> coolest coolest I think I was 11 or 12 yeah I was was pretty up there with the popular kids
2: <laughs> sitting at the library writing poems <laughs> you yeah.
4: know yeah, it wasn't even um, in lunchtime it was like an after school thing as well oh, right. <laughs> so it was like like an hour after school extracurricular on extracurricular
2: poetry <laughs> as a 10 year old <laughs> right on I love the name.
4: Yeah, it was great. Novel
2: um, Quills. There's was, something satisfying about saying that.
4: It was awesome. <laughs> it was actually a really fun, yeah, it was a really fun little thing to do. And the teachers that ran it were like insane. They were so good at writing. So,
2: yeah. The next obvious question is, did you keep the poetry?
4: No, uh, No, I didn't keep the poetry, but I think I have, I think I have, the short stories that won the competitions somewhere in my archives. I think my mum must have them, but they're pretty
2: cringe. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> they're pretty great.
2: That's interesting. When I was like 10, I submitted, I think they have in uh, primary schools, they used to have this like book that was published every year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your eyes lit up when you yeah, said that. I know. Did you do that as well? No. Um, I totally did that.
4: I. Th- Maybe I did do that, but my nephew just got his little story or poem published in it for like the (laughs) last year, so I've heard all about it. Oh, that's cool.
2: (laughs) I think my mum still has like the big book at home.
4: Yes, that's so good. (laughs) I think
2: that the story is objectively awful, but it was... Do you know what it's about? (laughs) Yes, I do, but it's very embarrassing. So it's actually about radio. Oh, nice. So that was foreshadowing, I guess, in a way that I didn't (laughs) realise.
6: The reason that my dad actually recorded with his band in Abbey Road Studios before the Beatles. Oh, wow. Yeah, they didn't make it as much. (laughs) 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 Uh, They played on a rooftop, They played on a rooftop (laughs) in the Midlands of England. It was very cold. They were called the Double Diamonds and they were a rockabilly sort of um, band. But, yeah, they, they, they really didn't go... To any particular height, but that's that's Dad's one claim to fame.
2: That's amazing. So yeah. that w- was that early sixties or early
6: fifties.
2: Oh, early fifties. I'd wow. say. I wonder. Hmm. If, I wonder if some of the equipment that was in Abbey Road when they were there was used on any of the Beatles recordings.
6: I, I wouldn't know. I just always have a little bit of a <laughs> whenever <laughs> <the> Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah. So he was a pompey.
2: Yeah, that's really cool. Why
6: were they on a roof? <laughs> they <laughs> were doing the, the rooftop gig. And they did that in the 50s? It looked like it was on top of a a, a cinema brief like the awning yeah. over the top of a cinema.
2: Yeah.
6: Okay. And that was a rockabilly band? On the, on the awning of a cinema in the Midlands of England. Wow. Yeah.
0: They had a serious crowd. It was I impressive.
6: Did. And there's like the copper standing in the front watching everyone. That's yeah. cool. Well, I'll tell you one
2: thing. I did not know that. <laughs> so... Shen, have you made a a selection of my seven topics? I have made a
7: selection. (laughs) Death was where I was heading. (laughs) Heading to, as we all are. (laughs) Um, Death (laughs) was. Death was. I I am a massive Billie Holiday fan. Okay. I love Um. Billie Holiday. And one of my favourite books was her biography. And I learnt in that that. A lot of, I mean, she had an awful life, awful childhood. But so the era would have been 30s as a child. Mm. She actually was she had, were living with her grandmother and her grandmother had dropsy. Don't know what that is, but that's what she had. And she had fallen on the floor. and She couldn't get up. And she asked a very young Billie Holiday, come and lay with me and chat with me, sing to me. And she would have been five or six, like very, very young. And her grandmother died with her in her arms. And she was there for hours because she couldn't release herself from Mm. her grandmother's embrace. That's heavy. Heavy. But you can hear that pain all the way through her music. And, yeah, I remember reading that and going, I knew she had an awful life. I knew that she had an awful mother and heroin addiction and just being a black woman in that era, mm. just, I mean, her magnolias in her hair, her, no, no, gardenias in her hair, even came from something bad happening. Like she was doing a hair and burnt a big chunk of her hair off. And was about to go on stage. And so they had to stick these gardenias in her head to, to mask the smell and the bald patch. So it was like everything was tragic in her life. But that moment, I read that and it's it stayed with me forever because it just, it's so gutting and haunting. And every time I hear the pain in her voice, that's that's an image that I get stuck in my head. Should, should have gone with the musical equipment. <laughs> 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 it's usually me who brings the party down. <laughs> no, well, that... You know me. I'm not very bright. I wasn't going to do well with politics, poetry. Mm, there was a boy on the burning deck. I'm going to cut it.
2: I think that was great. I think we all just had a moment and, and def- a moment. and we all learned something. That's for damn sure. You've read the book, haven't you? Yeah. Okay. So, I learned something. Yes. And that's what I wanted. So we've all <laughs> nailed it.
6: We told you a thing. You did and tell if me a thing. You don't like the seed that's been swirled,
5: of the theremin. Do you know what that is?
2: I have no idea what a theremin is. Oh, I think I'm about to learn something. instrument. Okay. Um
5: I should have googled exactly how it works, but it's it's a kind of electric box and it has a metal kind of ring coming up out of one end and then the other end has a metal just a rod like an antenna. And so you use your hands, like the proximity of your hands to the those two metal parts, um, sort of affects the electric wave somehow and changes the sound. One of them does pitch and one of them does volume. So like the ring on one side uh, affects the pitch and the rod affects the volume or the other way around, I can't remember. So if you watch someone performing it, which there's heaps on YouTube, they're just sort of doing these magical hand movements sort of swaying them around the the theremin, but not touching it. And it makes music. It's almost amazing. And it's this really just ethereal, strange sound that it makes.
2: Almost, it looks like kind of you're conducting yeah, with kind your of. hands. I'm kind of waving my hands in the studio as I yeah. speak. But you're not actually touching anything.
5: Yeah, it's really beautiful.
2: Right. Yeah. Have you ever played a theremin?
5: I've never seen one in the flesh.
2: Ah, okay.
5: I think they're quite rare. I think they were invented by... Some Russian, maybe a radio person. Anyway, yeah, we kind of need to listen to some. Can we do that?
2: I could probably put a theremin, no, let's put some pe- theremin music in as the <laughs> outro for this. Okay. Um, the, yeah, cool. Okay. I'm also going to go on YouTube later on and have a look at that.
5: <laughs> one, of, one of the most beautiful ones I like watching on YouTube is The Swan. Sansons, The
2: Swan. Played with... Played on a the theremin. Just a the theremin. Just a the theremin. Wow. That's amazing. How do you do that? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to go and look at that a bit later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thanks for schooling me on musical equipments. I think this has been a pretty interesting exploration of some of the themes that this podcast has drawn out over the last eight months. Thank you so much for listening. Women Who Rock is a podcast that's produced in the studios of 2 in Sydney.